Dear God, uh, we are so thankful that you're a God who has spoken to us and spoken to us uh, in words that we can now read. And so, Lord, as we read these words, um, we ask that you'd be speaking to us and would hear what you have to say and would be listening carefully. Uh, And, Lord, we ask as Hazy jumps up in a second to explain them, that we'd be listening then as well. Amen. Okay, these are, these are Jesus' words, and he says in verse 24 of John 5, 24, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. Very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. Uh You don't have to clap, but that's kind of you. Melody, shout out to Melody. She thinks a cockroach would be better because it's your spy. They could just be your permanent spy, which is kind of creepy, Melody. There you go. All right, what are they not telling you? Apparently, holding in a sneeze can kill you. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but if that is true... We should be warned. Like, there's so many times I could have died. Ah, ah, dead. Here's another one. You are more likely to, be, to die on the way to buying a lottery ticket than you actually are to, buy, or to, to win the lottery. Now, they don't actually tell you that, do they, in the lotto ads? You know, I'm surprised that the newsagent guy doesn't go, you know, ooh, surprised to see you here. You could have died. You know, you're six times more likely to get killed on the way there than to win. There's a lot of stuff they don't tell you, isn't there? The average person eating their yearly Macca's intake eats six, 12 pubic hairs a year. So, hey, bring it back in. Have you ever wondered... What they're not telling you. What else aren't they telling you? All right? Some of you are asking your mates, what's a pubic hair? <laughs> anyway, bring it back in. There are things that they aren't telling you. Did you know that at school, in the media, did you know there are things that they aren't even allowed to talk about? Tonight, we're going to talk about three things that they're not telling you. And as we look at those three things, we're going to see time and time again, when you get to the bottom of it, they're actually not telling you the truth about God. Some of you, you might be missing out on him because he's never even had a fair go. You ready for this? Number one, sex. You ready for what they're not telling you about sex? Maybe you've heard... Already, what the Bible says about sex, it's for a man and a woman in marriage, no sex before marriage. But everyone knows that's wrong, don't we? At least 
Guys, can, can, can I do the talking for a bit? We'll get through it quicker that way. Thank you. Everyone knows that that's wrong, or at least that's what they tell you. They, they tell you that the Bible, it's outdated. It's like 2,000 years old, and we know a lot better than this book now. And the world will tell you that you are a loser if you have never had sex before you're married. They'll tell you that you're missing out. The more, the better. You've got to try before you buy. There was a guy on um, Married at First Sight last year called Matthew. Um, he'd never had sex. Everyone was like, there's something a bit wrong with him because he hasn't had sex before. I thought he seemed like a nice guy, but anyway, apparently he had sex and then later on the show they were like, you know, about time, Matt, you know? That's what they tell you about sex, isn't it? They tell you that if you've never had sex, that's a problem that you need to solve. And the more, the better. Except here's the thing. Here's the thing they're not telling you. You ready for this? We know from science that that's wrong. Check this out. This is what they're not telling you, right? This isn't what Christians just think. This is what research says. Look at this. The less people that you have sex with before marriage, the happier you will be. That guy from Married at First Sight, we shouldn't have been laughing at him. He didn't have a problem. He was lucky because it turns out that the more people you have sex with before you get married, the less likely you are to have a happy marriage. Isn't that, isn't that surprising? Turns out the Bible got that one right. Here's another thing they're not telling you about sex. Who do you reckon has the most sex? What would our world say? Our world would say it's the young people, it's the single people. Once you get married, it's downhill from there, isn't it? It's boring. But research has found that actually married people have the most sex and married people are the most satisfied with their sex lives. I'm sorry that we've dived so much into this topic, but here's one more. Guess who the most satisfied couples are? Next slide. It's highly religious couples. Out of all the couples out there, the religious guys are having the most fun. How weird is that? (laughs) Next slide. Now, is that something that you have heard before? Who has heard those things before? One person, and she's a psychologist, so of course she's heard it before. But you know what? You know what? The, the Bible has been saying it all along. Let me show you what the Bible says. Look at this. It'll come up on the screen. May your fountain be blessed, and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breasts satisfy you always. May you ever be intoxicated with her love. The Bible says sex is a good thing. It's a beautiful thing that God has made. Enjoy it. Go for it. That's what the Bible says. Just with anyone, though? No, no, no. It says with your wife. Next slide. Here's another verse from the Bible. Look at this one. It says each man should have sexual relations. Who with? When? With your wife, once you're married, and each woman with her own husband. When should you have sex? With who? With your wife, with your husband, when you're married. And it turns out that's exactly what the research, the scientists have found, make us most happy. Huh. So we didn't actually need the scientists, did we? 
to tell us that. God has been telling us that all along. But they're not telling you that the research says that this is the best way. If you want to be happiest, if you want to get the most out of sex, the Bible's way is the best way. Maybe if you go to a Christian school, maybe they're telling you that. But if, if you go to a non-Christian school, are they telling you this? Is this what the media is telling us? Here's the problem. Here's the problem. People are actually biased against listening to God. But God actually knows something, doesn't he? I mean, it makes sense when you think about it. God created everything. He invented sex. I bet you're not, they're not telling you that, are they? That God is a big fan of sex. He invented it. It's his idea. And that means he actually knows the best way to use it. Look what the Bible says, Psalm 119. I want you to read this one on the screen with me. This is from God's Word. It says, you guys have been pretty rude. Thanks. Um, Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of God. Blessed, lucky, happy. You're in a good place if you walk according to the law of the Lord. That's the Bible's teachings. It's saying, if you follow God's ways, it's a good way to live goes on, blessed are those who keep his statutes, his instructions, and seek him with all their heart. That verse from the Bible is saying that God's way is actually a good way to live. Now, am I saying that every Christian will be guaranteed to get married and have amazing sex? Not necessarily. What it's saying is that God's way is actually a good way. People think that God is like out there trying to spoil our fun No, he loves you. He made you. Have you ever thought of this? God cares about you more than you do. (laughs) Spoil the moment. Here's our problem, right? You ready for this? Our problem is that we think we know better. We don't want to listen. That's called sin. You know, we go, all right, God, I know you're infinite. I know you're eternal. I know you created the whole world, but I'm 16 years old. And I passed year 10 science and I've got Google. So I know better than you, God. I know the way to live. It's silly, isn't it? We've missed the truth, not just about sex. We've missed the truth about God. We've missed his love. We've missed his his goodness. It makes you wonder, is that just the tip of the iceberg? Like what else aren't they telling us? It brings us to the second one. Imagine if scientists discover something that makes you happier. Do you reckon they would tell you? It turns out that they have actually found something. I wonder if they've told you. Guess what it is? It's religion. Hang on. I thought religion was a bad thing. That's what I've been told. I thought religion restricts me. I thought religion makes people unhappy. That's what they're telling me. Well, check this out. Scientists have actually found that religion makes people happier. Look at this. Statistically, people who go to church uh, uh, regularly are twice as likely to be very happy. Who here wants to be happy? Yeah, everybody wants to be happy. The, The research says you should be religious. Not only that, here's another thing scientists have found. Religion gives people, ready for this, better mental health. Less stress, less depression. 
Now, does that mean that Christians never get sick? Does it mean they never get depression? No, of course it doesn't mean that. Christians get sick. Christians get depression. We're normal people. But what the research says is that being a Christian helps with those things. How crazy is this one? If you have surgery and you're a Christian, you recover faster. And you live longer. Less heart disease. Less cancer. I know, I know at your age you're like, man, I've got to look after my heart. Hmm? Less suicide. Less drug addiction. It helps with pain relief, which is actually what my sister did her, her research on, but there you go. I don't think that this is just because there's some like magic dust that hits you when you hit church. No, 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 it's not magic. It's just because religion is good for you. This isn't what Christians think. This is what scientific research has found. You can read their research if you really want. I don't expect you to go back aside, sorry. Um, this is from information that it was given to doctors. Um, there you go. Did you know that, that religion is good for your health? How many of you, you, you read or you follow the, the health Instagrams or you watch the health YouTube channels? Or how many of you, you go to the gym to be healthy? Good on you. It's, it's good to be healthy. Are you missing out on the proven health benefits of, of religion? I'm interested. Who has heard about this in the health class at school? Anybody? They're telling you about... One person, wow, I'm amazed. They're telling you about exercise. They're telling you about eating right. Why aren't they telling you about this one? Why are they hiding it from us? Now, let me be clear about something. I'm not trying to get you just to be religious in general, all right? There's actually one religion that is life-changing and true in a way no other religion is. We're going to see that in a second. It's Jesus but did you realise that you actually have spiritual needs? You're not just a bag of chemicals. You don't just have physical needs and emotional needs. You've got spiritual needs. The Bible says it's actually because God made you for a relationship with Him. Let me show you this in the Bible. Uh, it's Acts chapter 17. It'll come up on the screen. From one man, he, that's God, made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. What's that saying? Saying God created all of us. He chose when you would live. He chose where you would live. He put you here. Why? God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him though he's not far from any one of us. God put you here so that you would find him and have a relationship with him. That's why you exist. God made you for a relationship with him. I wonder, have you been neglecting your spiritual needs? Have you been missing out on a relationship with that God who loves you? Maybe a, maybe a friend brought you tonight and you've hardly even thought about God. And maybe tonight God is actually saying to you through his word here, you need to find out more about me. That brings us actually to the last thing that they're not telling you that we're going to look at tonight. Number three, here's what it is. They don't know what comes next. You see, all the things we've talked about so far, sex, happiness, that stuff's good. But it's temporary, isn't it? One day it won't matter anymore because we'll be dead. You might not get married, but you will die, I can guarantee it. 
So what comes next? Have you ever thought about that? What comes next? You live, you die, then what happens? A lot of people say, nothing. This life is all there is. I saw an ad for a, a travel company and it said, you've got one life, one shot, make the most of it, make it count. That was their ad. That's how a lot of people live, isn't it? But here's what they're not telling you. They don't know that for sure, do they? They're just guessing. A lot of people are living their life like there's nothing after it. They're not worried about an afterlife. They're not thinking about heaven. They're not worried about hell. They're just focused on the now. But the thing is, you don't know that, do you? We're just guessing. We've never been there. You know what? There is actually one person who has been there. One person who does know what comes next. It's Jesus. Jesus died and he stayed dead for three days. This wasn't just a guy, you know, for 30 seconds on a hospital bed until they got his heart beating again, having some kind of dream. No, no, no. He died and stayed dead so long he started to smell. And then he came back from the dead. And there's actually good reason to believe that. If you want to find out the evidence for that, because there's heaps of it, come to Jesus Uncut next week in the foyer, 5 o'clock. I am convinced, I have found that there is evidence that Jesus came back from the dead. And so let's look what Jesus says, what comes next. Everyone's just guessing. He's been there. Let's listen to him. You've got your piece of paper there. Can you grab that out? I can actually, I'll tell you a secret, you can actually see from up here whether people are doing it. So yeah, can you guys all look at that piece of paper and look at verse 28, number 28 there. Can you find it? What's the first word? Do, that's right. Do not, he says, do not be amazed at this, Jesus' words, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. And those who have done what is good will rise to live and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. You hear what Jesus is saying there? First of all, he's saying death is not the end. One day, he says, you see the word all? A time is coming when all, everybody who is in their grave will come out of their grave. Their rotting bodies will be fixed up miraculously and you will go to one of two places. It says some will rise to live. That's heaven, everything good about life. But those who have done the wrong thing in this life, they will rise to be condemned, Jesus says. That's hell. Look what um, Jesus says in another place about those two places. It's pretty intense. Jesus says, they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Man. Everything that we've talked about tonight, it does make a big difference to your life, doesn't it? But if you miss what Jesus says here, you don't just make mistakes with sex. You don't just miss out on a good way to live a life. You could end up in hell. Eternal punishment. So there's actually a lot they're not telling us. What what do we do with this? Well, number one would have to be, listen to what God says in the Bible. Keep coming along to to a place like this where you can hear what they're not telling you from God's Word. There's the first thing to do with this. But secondly, 
Here's the crazy thing. I want you all to listen in now. The crazy thing is, there's actually a way to lock in your spot in heaven. You don't have to go to hell. Look at Jesus' words in verse 24 on your piece of paper. You should desperately want to know the answer to this question. Jesus says, verse 24, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. So Jesus guarantees that if you, it says, hears my word, listen to him, and it says, believe, you will not go to hell, but to heaven, the place he calls eternal life. Jesus says, you won't be judged. You ever worry about judgment day? Jesus says, you won't be judged. You get to escape judgment day. And that is good news for people like you and me because without Jesus, we would be guilty on Judgment Day. See, maybe the people around you don't know what you're really like. But deep down, you know. This was me in high school. When I was in high school on the outside, I looked good. But here's what I was really like on the inside I was a liar, I was addicted to pornography. I stole money. Here's the worst thing. I haven't even told you the worst thing yet. I didn't listen to God. Doesn't sound like the worst thing, but it is. I ignored God's good way to live in his word. And I said, no, I know better than you, God. And so on judgment day, would I have been guilty or innocent? Well, I've broken God's laws and so I would be guilty. I broke the law, I'm guilty. And you're actually in the same boat. Maybe you never heard this before. But have you ever broken God's laws? We all have, the Bible says. I never met anyone that hadn't. Will you be innocent or guilty on Judgment Day? The Bible says, guilty. They're not telling you this. Would it be eternal life for you? Or would it be eternal punishment? Well, what do guilty people get? Do they get the reward or do guilty people get punished? Punishment. Maybe, maybe you've never heard this, but that is where you're headed, the Bible says, Jesus said. But Jesus also said that he came to change that. You see, someone told me about this offer from Jesus that you find in verse 24, and it was too good to miss out on. Look at verse 24 again. Jesus said, very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. They will not be judged, but have crossed over from death to life. See what it's saying there? If you listen to Jesus, if you believe in him, Jesus says you won't be judged. Your destination changes right this that instant from being headed to hell no longer, and instead, you've got a spot in heaven. How does that work? How, how can he do that? How can he just get you to skip judgment day? Well, the answer is, he actually died on the cross so you could skip judgment day. He actually died on the cross to take your punishment for you. When he died on the cross, 
He paid your punishment. A couple of years ago, there was actually a terrorist attack in France. You might remember it. And some guys from Islamic State had some hostages in a supermarket. And then this legend of a guy, a French police officer, he arranged a hostage swap. There was a lady in the supermarket. He arranged a swap. And he put down his guns. And he walked into that situation. And she was released and she went free. And here's the hectic bit. The terrorist opened fire on that guy and he, the policeman, died. He died. She went free. That's what Jesus has done for us. Except we're not innocent victims of some attack and God's not a terrorist. No, 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 it's the other way around. We have offended God and deserve punishment for breaking His laws. And He's never done anything wrong, but He offers to swap places with us. The hostage swap. And at the cross, He took our punishment. And He swaps with us. He pays the punishment that was meant for us. And so the Bible says because of that, He can forgive all of your sins. And He can bring you back into a relationship with God. And He can give you eternal life, no matter what you've done. You see, that is the other part they're not telling you. They don't know what comes next. But you can know what comes next for you. You can know that for you, what comes next is paradise forever. Just imagine not being afraid to die. Just imagine knowing that this life is not all there is. Just imagine knowing that Jesus loves you and died for you so you could spend eternity forever with him in heaven. So how do you get this? How do you become a Christian? Because you would want this, wouldn't you? Look at verse 24. Do you see what it actually doesn't say? Do you see how it doesn't say, be a good person? It doesn't say, be good enough to heaven. Why? Because we're not good enough, are we? We haven't, we can't be good enough. What does it say? Verse 24, it says, Whoever hears my word, Jesus says, and believes him who sent me. The key is to listen and believe. What you do is you put your trust in Jesus and his promise. You say, Jesus, you died for me. You can take away my sins. You can get me to heaven. I'm relying on you. That's what it all boils down to. You listen to Jesus and you believe. You don't try to earn your way in. You can't. Jesus gets you in. But you need to know that this is actually the start of a new relationship. You're going to live for Jesus for the rest of your life. Because actually the best thing about it is that you get a new relationship with God. The one that you were made for. The reason you exist. And Jesus connects you back to that God who made you and you start to have a relationship with him, which means a really big change in how you live. You live God's way now, which we've seen is actually a really good way to live, haven't we? It's not easy. Let me tell you that. It's not easy, but it's good. Remember, living God's way, that's not what gets you to heaven, but you would be dumb to think that you could trust in Jesus, but not listen to what Jesus says. That doesn't make sense. No, 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 being a Christian means you listen to Jesus and you do what he says. It's a bit like what Kanye West seems to have done. You know Kanye married to Kim Kardashian? Anyone not heard of Kanye? You don't want to embarrass yourself. There you go. Kanye West is saying that he has become a Christian. Now, 
I'm not saying you should become a Christian because Kanye has. That's a dumb reason to become a Christian. And I'm not even saying he's definitely a Christian. I mean, God can save anyone. He saved me. He can save Kanye. We're going to see, does it last? Because being a Christian, that has to be your whole life for the rest of your life. But there has been a big change in Kanye. Kanye has actually gone from saying, he used to say, I am God. That used to be what he said. It's crazy. That used to be what he said. And now he says, Jesus is king. That's a really good picture of what becoming a Christian means. Up until now, you've been living your life like you're in charge, basically saying, God, I know better than you. You basically are your own God. You're telling yourself what to do. And when you become a Christian, you basically say, no, no, okay, Jesus, you're God. You're the king. You tell me what to do. On a TV show, um, Jimmy Kimmel asks Kanye West, so are you a Christian music artist now? Kanye pauses and he goes, I'm a Christian everything now. That's a, it's a really good picture. It's a really good way to put it. If you come to Jesus, the reason it's a big Christian, uh, a big decision is because you don't just become a Christian in a little part of your life. You become a Christian everything. Now, you've seen that it's a good way to live and you get to go to heaven and you get your spiritual needs met by connecting you with the God who made you. And so I want to ask you a question. Do you want to give your life to Jesus? What I could do right now is I could get you to sign up tonight. But I'm actually not going to do that. Because becoming a Christian is such a big decision, it's the best decision you can make, don't get me wrong, and, and nothing is more important, heaven or hell, hang in the balance. Because it's such a big decision, I want you to think about it for a week. I want you to come back next Friday. And next Friday night, the talk will be one that invites you to actually become a Christian. But what they won't tell you, and what I will tell you, is it's the best thing that can possibly happen to you. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. And so this week, I want you to think about this. Do I want to become a Christian? Come back next week and do it. Become a Christian. Let me pray. Father, thank you that you have given us a good way to live in the Bible. We're sorry that we have ignored you, broken your laws, and thought that we know better. Thank you that you sent Jesus to die, to take our punishment and give us a relationship with you and eternal life. I pray, please, that this week, all those here who don't know where they stand with you will think about where they want to stand with you. And I pray you would, next week, bring a lot of people here to put their trust in Jesus, to be their saviour and their king and be Christian everything. Amen.